You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. sessions in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman had shown Gotham the true colors of unfortunate. But some clown who thinks he's Batman. I am Batman! What's going on, Bat Family and Bat Friends? Welcome back to another spectacular episode of The Eternal Night, a Batman podcast dedicated to all things Detective Dark Knight and Batman and his world. As you all know, my voice and my name, you all know I am Philip Barker, your one host of one of two. Joining me as always, of course, is the Bat, the Robin to my Batman. I might be the Robin to his Batman since he's older than me, Mr. Craig Blaylock. Craig, how are you doing, bud? Oh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. There you go. I like that. That was a good one. That was very good. Well done. Yeah. Mm. We're back. We're back. We're getting in the swing of things. Isn't that that right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. You know, our last episode was a lot of fun. We had our friend Terrence, our old colleague from the GameStop days, join us for a big old roundtable regarding our top 10 favorite Batman villains. We're back again with kind of a top 10, but it's just the two of us. Yeah, that villain one, that was that was a lot of fun. I feel like we covered so much in that episode. Every kind of villain you could imagine, I think, kind of got a little bit of a shine in there. I'm still kind of shocked and I'm odd. You chose... Uh, God damn it! What was it? Uh, baby doll. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that one. I was like, okay, that's that's one I haven't heard in well years. So yeah, again, you, I think you're right. I think we covered a lot of ground, and that's kind of the point of this podcast is kind of cover the cover the ground of the Dark Knight in, in many ways, more than many ways. So, and Terrence definitely did pique my interest in the uh, the whole idea of a Batman who laughs and that whole like kind of dark uh, multiverse. So. I've got my, I got the Dark Knight's Metal sitting on my counter right now, and I got Dark Knight's Death Metal, and I have the Batman Who Laughs, so they're all sitting there, and I ordered all of those right after that episode. Yes, so everyone, please do not give Craig shit. He's getting back into comics, so his, yep. he's he's learning just as much as anyone else's who's listening to the social. So thank you. Thank you again. And Craig, I'm telling you, dude, the Dark Knight's Metal, like, all that stuff is just it's fun and that's kind of the point of comics i think is they're supposed to be fun yep 
it's funny, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of nerds like to take comics super, super seriously. And I find yeah. that, that that's where you tend to lose some fun in the conversation of it. I honestly, I mean, you know, there's, there's a, the, the ongoing Batman book right now being written by James Tynan and drawn by Jorge Jimenez. It's, uh, it's called, uh, at least they're starting a new, um, a new storyline called fear state and, uh, Scarecrow's the main antagonist. And it's really kind of in a way that's never really shown, you know, a, a huge light on Scarecrow in this capacity. I think the largest capacity, uh, till this point would probably maybe be Arkham Knight. Yeah, I would say so. But he's done uh, what 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 Tynan and Jorge have done with with the Scarecrow. They've really kind of altered his design. They've given him this really you know menacing gas mask. He's got a lot of like withered dead branches hanging out the back of him. He's got a really large straw hat, but he's also got like the uh, the syringes on his fingers, like from Arkham Knight. So it's really wicked. Like like Crane's gone a little bit over over the board this time and I, I'm actually really enjoying what they're doing. I'm going to go to the shop on Thursday because Thursday's payday. I have to wait till payday to get my comics. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I'm actually I'm looking at an image of what he looks like in this comic and uh, man, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan. You know, even going back to uh, the Jim Aparo days of Nightfall. There was Scarecrow, Riddler. There's a couple of different villains throughout Nightfall that I was really huge on and it's nice to see a couple of my favorite villains still around and kicking today in larger capacities. So even though I don't think I put Scarecrow on my, on my list, but I still like what they're doing with them now in current comics. Yeah. If I remember right, I don't think either of us put Scarecrow on our list. I, I believe he was in Terrence's though. I think so. That might be right. Even though I just listened to the episode not that long ago. So I'm a terrible host. Yeah. For that. Shame on me. <laughs> well, the thing I, I loved about Scarecrow too is just how he's been redesigned so much. You know, you've got your your Jokers and everyone. You know, Jokers had his slight design changes here and there, but I feel like Scarecrow is one of the villains that has constantly had redesigns from the comics to the shows to movies. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know like Nolan's version got a lot of flack for just you know, oh, it's a dude with a burlap sack on his head, and it's like, yeah, but I mean, that's better than nothing with with nolan going for a more realistic look that kind of makes sense what he was doing also let's let's also not forget that was the only live action scarecrow we had at the time too yep it wasn't until i think gotham maybe was the next time that a live action scarecrow was being done a couple years later after that yeah come to think of it i can't think of any other live action version of scarecrow um there is one now in Titan season three, and they've kind of uh, they've shown what his mask looks like, and it's 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 again kind of a burlap sack, but it's also a little bit more evocative of like you know uh, kind of how the mask was in Arkham City, and maybe a little bit of uh, Arkham Asylum, and a little bit of like um, oh shit, what what but maybe uh, year two, yeah. Is he in year two? No, I'm thinking of the Reaper. Hold on, I always get them mixed up because they both use Sice. It, anyway, it, you know, it's 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 got you know straw kind of sticking out of it a little bit, and it's just still the burlap sack is very much a lot like Nolan's from the from Batman Begins. Yeah. Well, you know what ticked me off too, because uh, I think we talked about this. Uh, it was either the last episode, no, the, I think that was the very yeah the very first episode when we got on the topic of Batman um, Arkham Origins, the video game. Ah, yeah. So af- after the uh, the villain episode. 
I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go back because I'm in the mood to just fight a bunch of Batman villains. I'm going to go back and replay all the Batman Arkham games. And for me, I was like, I'm going to go in chronological order. So I'm going to play Batman Arkham Origins. So boot up my Xbox, go on the Xbox store. They got everything except Batman Arkham Origins. It's not available for download. Ah. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, why does this game get so much flack to the point where it's not even available to download? Um, I had that on PlayStation 3, but I don't know what happened to my copy, honestly. Um, I still have the Joker statue where he's oh, got the nice. knife on the table, but the head is interchangeable yeah. with Black Mask. So, um... That's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know what happened to my copy of that game, because I've been kind of, like, thinking to myself, was I too hard on that game because of, like, story-related story reasons, or do I really just think it's that bad of a story? Yeah. I, I don't know. I know the gameplay was a lot of fun, but I feel like I might have been a little too harsh on the story. Yeah. Well, I got my... Actually, right here on my computer desk, I've got my Batman... Arkham City statue of Batman hunched over and just overlooking everything. Got that sitting right there. So, Love the statue. Is Origins... Um, is Origins on PC, do you know? I would imagine so. I got to imagine it's available at least on Steam. They probably have to, look to it be. Up or Batman Arkham. I don't know. I'm too lazy to look at Steam right now. It is on Steam. Uh, it is $9.99 on Steam. It's only $10 on Steam? Oh, wow. I mm -hmm. just might get it. Oh, my bad. I thought, nope. I thought it was $9.99. It's $19.99 on oh, Steam. Oh, that's not happening. <laughs> see yeah no no uh, i'm sorry that's that's not worth it yeah not gonna happen anyway <laughs> you know we've been talking a little bit about batman i guess we should probably kind of get to what we're here to talk about today we're doing a top 10 but it's not quite of batman's villains it's actually going to be more of his look his outfit uh his costume whatever you want to refer to it as uh i guess for sake of the title we'll probably just go top 10 batman bat suits mm -hmm. or you know, designs, particularly by some artist or just favorite Batman look, uh, just kind of going in from 10 to 1 in no particular order. So mine's not from like least to favorite, but I just had to had them in this order. So I'm just going to go bottom top. Yep. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I don't really have a particular order for these. They're just the ones that kind of stuck out in my memory as the ones that I remember the most. Mm. Same. Well, actually... When I because I kind of you know we you and I talked about this a little bit beforehand. I broke mine up into five, drawn by like you know comic versions by different artists, and then uh, the top half is either animation, video games, or live action. And yours is a little bit of everything. Yeah, mine's a bit of a hodgepodge. I got some live action in there. I've got some animated, and I do have a few comic ones in there. Uh, just from the comics that I did read when I was younger and now that I'm going back and kind of getting back into comics again, uh, some of the ones that have kind of stuck out to me just from the little bit that I've been looking at so far. 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious. I know I've spoken a lot about Jim Aparo's art, and I've mentioned some some uh, some storylines that he's done. But the other ones, I'm I'm I don't know if you'll you'll recognize. But I think if I show you some pictures, it'll be interesting to see your reactions to them. Um, I yeah. don't have I don't actually this time I didn't even have any honorable mentions because you know between this show and the couple other shows that I do, I've been exquisitely busy. And yeah. you know, even just for you know future episodes of this show, like we were discussing, so I guess we should probably get get that little announcement out of the way. We're going to start reviewing Batman the Animated Series, uh, starting I guess Batman Day. Yeah, I guess we could probably yeah. yeah yeah we can start having our first review out on Batman Day. We'll do uh, since they're on HBO Max, and that's what Craig and I both have access accessibility to. We're going to watch it in HBO Max order. So um the first review of Batman the Animated Series will be comprised of episodes one and two, again, on HBO Max. And this isn't production order. This is air order, I think. I don't know. The point is, the first two episodes we're doing is episode one and two, Cat in the Claw, part one and two. Amongst other various Batman-related topics that day, because Batman Day. We have things planned yep. for Batman Day that we're not going to talk about here. Because <laughs> mysteries. Mr. E. Nigma. Edward <laughs> Nigma. Edward Nigma. Okay. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I know you're excited. I'm sure it's going to be, again, kind of a, a learning experience for you. Yeah. Considering you're, you jump back into comics, maybe this will propel you into finding out some more. So, Without further ado, I guess we should go do our number 10s. In the meantime, um, if I'm going to get a Google tab up in case you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll, I'll Google a picture for it and send it to you for our fa through our Facebook chat. And that way, once you look at it, maybe you'll be like, oh, okay, that, see why I dig it so much. Yeah, yeah, and I've got my laptop pulled up. So, I mean, the second you mention something, I can just type it in and All pull right. it up as well. Well, I guess without further ado, then, why don't you go first? What is your item number 10? So number 10 for me, and actually surprisingly, while I was doing research for this, um, this Batman suit is often considered by many to be one of the absolute worst. Um, but for me, it's always stuck out to me. Uh, I mentioned it a little bit in the villain episode, last episode. Mm -hmm. um, it is the Azrael suit from Nightfall. Oh, wow. Um, I'm very familiar with the suit. Okay. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, looking into it trying to find images and trying to just get some more details on it a lot of hate for this suit oh. there's a lot of yeah uh oh, batman yeah. lists that list this as one of the worst storylines one of the worst characters one of the worst suits and i'm like yeah i mean is it impractical absolutely but i mean we had never really seen anything like this. And you got to remember, this is the nineties. Everything had to be edgy. Everything had to be extreme. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at this image of the Asriel suit. So uh, again, for those that don't know, nightfall is the story of Bane. He breaks Batman's back. Bruce has to find someone to replace him. So uh, the new Batman comes out, decides to uh, create this new suit. The, uh, I don't, I don't think they called it the Asriel set. That was just... The The common worked. nickname I've heard for it is Asbats. Is the Asbats. Yep. Yeah, is yep, the I saw that suit. a lot. And, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, trying, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm trying to see here who created this. I want to say it was it was Jim Parro, but I, I just want to be absolutely sure in that. Yeah. Um. So this Batman was all about 
you know, justice to him was elimination of the threat. So, you know, this bat suit has this like gold plated armor on the top part of it. Uh, he's got these like Batman claws, almost like a reminded me a lot of the shredder almost with his claws on his hands. Um, he's got like, he's got a laser gun that he uses, uh, just a very violent version of Batman. He just cared about seeking vengeance on any kind of criminal activity. And again, yes, it's a very goofy look, but you know, for me as a kid reading that storyline, I'm like, wow, look at this Batman, this guy, he doesn't take anything from anybody. He's going to knock everyone out. He's, he's not going to try to save anybody. He just cares about executing justice the way he sees fit. So yeah, it's, it's a often maligned Batman suit, but I had to mention it just because it, it does kind of have a bit of infamy to it. It looks like the original version that John Paul Valley were, was created by Denny O'Neill, Joe Cazeta and Peter Milligan. And I think, too, this Batman suit might have been one of the first ones where you didn't see his mouth. This was one of the ones that, that I can recall where Correct. the mask took up everything. Correct. Which I always thought was kind of neat. I liked that that aspect. And the red eyes, too. Yeah. I was always a huge fan of the red eyes. And even just, like, the um, the little triangular piece that they have. At the, at the, or at least the core, the center core piece of it. And even... Um, God, even just looking at this panel uh, from Chapter 2, The Descent, where it's just like Batman, he's got the wings out. I think what really doesn't do it for a lot of people are the little like the little venom tendrils at the bottom of his boots. Yeah, that that does. I saw, I'm looking at that right now, and I was like, I don't really understand what the point of that was, but... I want to say that elements of this suit, though, kind of made it into Batman Beyond, because I think Bruce wore like a heavier artillery suit that kind of had elements of the Azbats piece at least it was like it was a full armored cowl and like there was a a triangular bat insignia that kind of went up and had raised shoulder pieces kind of like the the Azrael suit here yep but yeah that's a good pull I like that that's a great I mean I I know people hate it I've heard that a lot I'm not right there with you I kind of don't really understand it either I think it's a fun costume to you just be like oh what if Batman just really decided to change it up and go full predator you know yeah like why not (laughs) but i i I actually really really love if i if anything the arkham origins did right it was doing that bat suit yep yeah and they did it that was actually when they started doing that in origins and then again in uh, arkham arkham city arkham knight and arkham city when they started adding in all of those bat suits as extra content. I, I really love that. I hope I'm hoping with uh what's the new game? Arkham Knights. I think that's uh, Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights, right. I'm hoping that they do the same thing. I'd like to see since you know we're gonna have Nightwing, we're gonna have Batgirl, we're gonna have Robin in it. I'm hoping that they do the same thing where we're gonna get like a bunch of optional costumes that you can get as the game progresses. Yeah, I'm I've already said on many platforms and many friends and many channels I'm going to play as Robin. I'm Tim Drake. There's no question yeah. if Sans or Butts about that, like I'm going to play as Tim Drake. If anyone wants yep. any other three characters, cool. Tim Drake is mine. <laughs> Matter of fact, I All think right, so what about 
I, th- I think you and I and Terrence have intentions to play that game. So, yeah, that'd be cool if we all can get on it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll have to find a fourth player then, if, that, if that's the case. Because I, I wouldn't doubt that it would be cross-platform. I got to imagine it would be, especially now in today's times with video games. Yep. Okay, uh, my number ten is actually it came to me at the very last second because I uh, again I wanted five like comic related comic based uh, designs and immediately I I could not leave this one off the list and that is a uh, Batman drawn by Norm Brayfogle. All right, uh, right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Norm Brayfogle is responsible for like Shadow of the Bat and a couple other pretty prominent stories that uh i'm a huge fan of and i just really really love the way that he draws batman and the way that he draws gotham and a lot of other uh a lot of other things like uh even just the the volume i have of shadow of the bat opens up with a story from him and alan grant and the way he draws the joker the way he draws arkham is just very not quite lived in per se but it's almost lifelike and terrifying all at the same time it's it's like i feel like norm brayfogle's art almost it it would really blend well with like stephen king's storytelling yeah that's what i'm actually as i'm looking at this this art style it kind of makes me think of um creep show you know the uh how they use those comic panels yeah in that movie yeah Oh, yeah. I love the uh, I love the emphasis on the cape. Yes. Like, I love that he's got this kind of like almost like Spawn style cape where the cape just completely envelops him. Yeah. And there's also I think it's either Troika or Prodigal. I just read both of them, as you know, because I'm again a Nightfall dork. Uh, and I'm kind of surprised I didn't throw Asbats on here. So good on you for calling that one. Um, <laughs> no, like like. Bray Fogle does one of the first books for um it's either I think it's Troika I think he does one of the first stories for Troika and the way he draws Batman and Dick and Robin in the cave and it's directly yeah I think it is I think it's Troika because Prodigal comes after Troika and it's it's Bruce in his brand new suit and just again to your point the way he draws batman is almost spawn like in that the cape mm-hmm. it literally envelops him his ears are almost ethereal and long and almost unreal you look at him and you're just terrified and i love that yeah i'm actually looking at a uh screenshot of detective comics number 587 and it's just this the cover is just batman standing in an alleyway and you can't see his face it's just the shadow of him Mm-hmm. And man, if this is not like Spawn inspired, if this is not something that inspired Spawn, the cape is just flowing to one side. You can't see his face. You just see the eyes. You got the extended um, spikes on the side of his gloves. This is this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, Norbury Fogel is he's one when I see his name on a book because he's no longer with us. So when I see his name on like a back issue, when I see his name on any of the, the novels that I pick up either through Amazon or uh, or through my local comic book shop, I'm pretty tempted to buy it, even if even for the price, because he's his the way he draws Batman and, and his world is just absolutely worth it every time. Yeah. Yeah, this is really great. I like this a lot. 
Oh yeah. So th that's our number ten. So we got Norm Bray Fogel and we got Ezreal Batman. Okay, cool. All right, all right, all right. Next, uh, number nine. What's your number nine, Craig? So number nine for me is a kind of a combination just because I'm only just slightly reading the comic because of the fact that I watched the film a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the design of Batman's suit from Hush. Ah, um, okay. I really like this kind of, it's the old school Batman suit, but in a new, you know, in a new world, essentially. I really like that they kind of paid homage to the blue and gray but still, like, the blue is not quite, you know, it doesn't it doesn't take away from the gray on the center of the suit, you know? So, are you saying the suit from Batman Hush, the animated movie, or Batman Hush, the book? I'd feel like, at first I was going to say the animated movie, but when I started looking into it, I, I feel like the comic version is just a little bit better. Yeah. The animated version is... It, it's it's probably as close as they were going to get to doing Jim Lee's art, number one, just that overall animated style. So I think that's why that particular story looks just a little bit more faithful. Yeah. And then, uh, as for the comic itself, man, I don't know. Do I own that one? You know what? I don't think I own Hush. Hmm. Yeah. Matter of fact, that, that, that is one book I don't own that I've only read in digital form. So yeah, you, like I love this this Batman Hush poster that I'm looking at right now with just him standing on, you know, a gargoyle overlooking the city and the cape is flowing behind him. And it's just it's got this just a good blend of the old school Batman costume and just in, in a new way. Yeah. Yeah, generally uh, he's... He's a great, great artist in his own right. He started doing X-Men. He's just phenomenal. He's like, he he pretty much drew, like, the, the baseline for New 52, like, all the, the aesthetics for all those characters, the Justice League, anyway. So. And I mean, like, the, the baseline design of what they're respectively going to look like before each artist and creative team did the, did what they decided to do with their respective character. Uh, this poster I'm looking at apparently is from DC Direct, and it is going for 120 bucks. So I probably won't be getting that. That's a pretty as much steep as, price. Uh, much as I like the art. Yeah, that's a pretty steep price. I'm, I'm I'm good off that. But yeah, that was why. I mean, it's nothing nothing phenomenal. Doesn't really stick out too much. But I just I appreciated the fact that they they gave that homage to the old school style Batman costume and yeah. just kind of updated it for a new age yeah I, I don't i again great shoot great choice can never go wrong with the jim lee especially with the, the hush book i think that was his first i think that was his first stint on batman oh you know what it might have been hush or it might have been all-star batman and robin i'm not sure which one came first i'd have to look that up uh, my number nine is batman noel but more specifically, Batman drawn by Lee Bermejo. Okay. Yeah, so he did right Joker, now. the book Joker, and he also did, uh, you know, Batman Damned. Um, so he's a really, really up there artist in terms of making his characters look exquisitely real. 
to a point. Yeah, this is definitely one of the most detailed I've ever seen. Yeah. I've heard about Batman Dams. Um, I remember the big deal with that back when it came out was the whole like, oh my God, you see Batman's junk for the first time. Right. So like really that's that's the focus we're we're going to focus on. We're not going to talk about the story. We're just going to talk about his junk. Okay. So the first his first I think I think the first story he did for them outside of Joker was uh was uh Batman Knoll and I read that with uh Jared Boots and Melissa Nicholson of the Nerd Night of Nations podcast for their show last Christmas. It's a it's a Christmas carol, but it's with Batman. Interesting. Yeah, it's got phenomenal art. I think he write he draws and writes the entire thing too so um and his bat suit is often referred to for a lot of live action um inf- influence um a lot of people say that or actually even just looking at the, the panel that i'm looking at now um you could or you could arguably say that it is dead on the batman cow from batman versus superman but then you could yeah. also look at like even some of the chest piece again the gray of it BVS or even Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, and now, like, even going to Pattinson's Batman, like, you know, look at the the belt and some of the legs, the leggings and, like, the way his boots are kind of strapped together. Yeah. It's a little like that as well. So, it's pretty... Man, it's, this, it, is, this is a crazy amount of detail. I'm looking at these panels. Yeah, Lee Romero is often up there in a lot of people's Batman's lists when it comes to crafting, drawing, creating the character, because he does a really solid job of it. Solid, yeah, like underselling it to be honest. Like he's a really, I, just really great artist. I'm looking at this panel of uh, Batman hunched over and Harley Quinn up above him with a baseball bat, saying "Beat on the bat, beat on the bat, beat on the bat," and the detail in even Harley Quinn is excellent oh very impressive i'm gonna send you an image right now and this thought i'll make you go whoa so it this is from this is a a panel from uh batman null okay i just sent it to you in in our chat or you know dm oh wow yeah So yeah, that is fantastic. Right, there's exquisite detail on the first suit and then the second suit, the Robin yeah. suit. And like everything about this, the chair, even like Bruce's scars, everything about this is just absolutely immaculate, just beautiful. That center suit, you can definitely see a little bit of where they got the inspiration for the Batman, the Robert Pattinson. Film. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's even a panel of him and Robin like taking out a whole bunch of, of villains too. So I'll, if I find it, I'll share it with you later. Matter of fact, I should have okay. it saved somewhere. But yeah, that's that's my that's my number nine. I think I think Lieber Mayo is just an absolute phenomenal Batman artist. Yeah, I'm actually well, I'm gonna add that to my purchase list right now on Amazon. Batman damned. Batman knows yeah. well. No. Yeah. Alright. I'm gonna add that. There we go. I think Noel might be cheaper than Dan's. Dan's uh, newer. Yeah. Add that to my ever-growing collection of things I need to read. All right. All right. So my number eight 
is uh is going to be the uh, Flashpoint suit, Thomas Wayne. Ah, yes, I like it. I I love the design of this. Uh, so Flashpoint, you know, is the alternate kind of universe of what earth do they consider that i always forget it's i i wouldn't even know if it's even considered a yeah alternate earth to some extent because it's you know it's technically like a, a flashpoint reality so it's not even like it's so a, it's not even considered an earth okay. i mean it for you know i think tom king did something in his batman run where he had thomas wayne's batman show up somehow i don't know how that worked but it might there might be you know a world in which that does happen um i know i know you know flashpoint is obviously the story in which it did happen but whether or not it's still a canonical world that takes place in the dc multiverse today i i honestly couldn't tell you but i will say that uh the flashpoint batman is probably one of the most ba designs for batman in a long long time i'll agree to that so yeah um flashpoint batman uh for those that are not familiar is uh alternate a universe where instead of where we always know that Bruce Wayne is the kid watches his father and mother get gunned down by Joe chill in the alleyway in this universe, uh, Bruce and his mother are murdered and Thomas Wayne is the one that is left alive and he becomes Batman, but he becomes a very different type of Batman. He is 100% all about the vengeance. Uh, if you, for those that, thought that uh ben affleck's batman was a little extreme in the uh batman v superman movie then you don't even know what to expect when you see thomas wayne as batman i mean the fact that it's a batman suit where he has two holsters and he carries pistols on him gives you an idea of what kind of batman this is oh yeah his batman is a pretty ruthless you know uh surgeon (laughs) i mean i love surgeons putting it lightly too and i love the fact that like you know batman's utility belt has always been you know yellow across the the chat or across the stomach and uh this one it's all red Mm -hmm. um yeah i just i love everything about this kind of reminds me honestly like i'm looking at a panel that i got for my list and he kind of to me, it's like almost like they kind of took Batman and the Shredder from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and kind of put those two together. The way the the spikes on his gauntlets are kind of pointing more upward and have much more of a menacing kind of side to him. The fact that his cape at the uh, the shoulders have those points on him kind of just gives me a little bit of a a uh, Shredder vibe. But yeah, I just I have always really liked this look. Of a, of a different type of Batman. Yeah, and I thought they did a really good job with it too in the uh, the animated Flashpoint movie as well. That's right. Yeah, because he, he, I, oh man, who does the voice of Batman in that? It's, oh shit, Kevin McKidd. That's who voiced Bruce. That's who voiced Thomas Wayne in the animated flick. Okay. And again, kind of to go back to uh, what I liked about the Nightfall outfit. Uh, the red eyes. I love the red eyes on yeah. Batman. Yeah, this is this is definitely much a little bit more of a bloodthirsty Batman. Just a little bit. Then again, I think the red kind of helps reinforce the, the brutality of this Batman and the way he operates a little better. And I liked how in the uh in the Flashpoint animated movie they gave him kind of that um 
five o'clock shadow. I thought yeah. that fit really well with this this like disgruntled Batman that gives absolutely no crap about who gets in his way and who he has to kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Flashpoint Batman. All right. Let me just add that to my to the list here so I don't get them confused. And I know that for a long time, ever since people saw him in Batman v Superman, I do think it would be awesome if we could oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Get a, yeah. Yep, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Flashpoint Batman. I think that would be fantastic if that could ever come to fruition. Man, I want to say that might have been in the cards one day, but who knows with the way things are going over there at that yeah. studio. So, uh, Speaking of out there in wild number eights, uh, mine, I don't think you're, you might, you know, I've talked about this book, but I think you, I don't think I've ever talked about this version of it. So uh, my number eight is deceased Batman. And this is actually uh, Damian Wayne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to send you a picture. Here's how it started. Yep. Oh, wait, no, that's not it. Hold on. That's, that's, that's the other one. So here's how actually, it started. I have. <laughs> To speak of that, I actually have deceased on order, and it's on its way. So here's how it started for for little Damian Wayne. That's his first bat suit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's how it's going. Oh boy. Here's what he is. There's a and there's like a five year time jump, so he's got a lot. Oh, bigger. look at that. Yeah. Right. I really like that. So it's not so much that like it, it, I like it. I mean, yeah, it's Damian Wayne. That's still badass. But I love just yeah. the the simplicity of it. I love that mm-hmm. it's all gray. I love that the belt again is all gray. I love the white eyes. I love just like the the little perks and ner- things that make it stand out. But you know, like this this is a Batman in a very dark world. <laughs> yeah, it's very tactical. I like that too. Yeah, I really like that. Again, just it's very simple, but it it really emphasizes the point that you need. And I love the again the shorter ears. Anytime you can have the shorter ears and make it work on the cowl, it really helps it. I think. Yeah, let me get the book because I don't want to. Actually, hold on. I'll just look it up because I, I want to give the proper artist their due because it's Tom Taylor, and I I always feel bad because I always forget that uh, Trevor Harsine. Hair sign. Oh man, I always mispronounce that. But he just, <laughs> just the way that he's drawn, like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and I.E. like you know John Kent, Damian Wayne, etc. Sansmark. It's just I, I just like the way that he's drawn all those characters. So, when did Deceased come? And I know it's not terribly old. Um, a couple years ago, I think 2019, 2018. 2019. Let's see. DC six issue comic miniseries published from May to October twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not too old. Penciler Trevor Harrison and inker Stefano Guadiano. So and a little brief synopsis. The uh, story takes place on alternate Earth where a corrupt version of the anti life equation has infected most of Earth's inhabitants with a zombie like virus. Lois Lane acts as the series narrator, detailing how the events took place over the course of a few weeks. I would really be interested if they eventually do a uh, animated movie on this. Oh, I'm hoping they do because it would be so damn good. I mean, the fact that we're getting Injustice this year, I think, right, will really yeah. help that fact. Right. So. Yeah. And I really just want to see it because I want to see how many people are be like, Batman's not gonna die because Batman yeah. probably dies in like the first yeah. issue or first couple yeah. issues. And I mean, Bruce Wayne, obviously. Because that, that was yep. the, you know, as I mentioned, like, David Wayne is Batman, and he's on my list. 
it is funny to see how to, to the point of Damian Wayne. I remember when he came out, it kind of gave me that uh, that feeling that uh, they had with it was Jason Todd, I believe, is the one who got all the hate back in the day. Yeah. And I feel like um, Damian Wayne kind of got the same thing. I remember when he debuted, I remember hearing nothing but fan hate about Damian Wayne. About how much people hated him, yeah. and now oh, yeah. I feel like he has become such an essential character to the Batman family. I like Damien just fine. Um, I don't necessarily know that there there needs to be any more Robins, but I can understand why uh, one such character would be so prevalent and necessary. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot. I will I will not disagree yeah. with that <laughs> yeah. with that assessment. Definitely. Um, and, you know, as the years go by, it really does become more difficult to try and, you know, not only age these characters up, but still try and keep them in some relatable fact. I mean, you know, Dick and Jason have it a little easier as Nightwing and Red Hood. But Tim, Tim's had a hell of a run when it comes to having, you know, secret identities. He's gone through Red Robin, Robin, Drake. Like, there's just a couple just, like, I feel kind of bad. I'm, I'm hoping, like, they just kind of stick to just Robin. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with them having more than one Robins, but I think there should be a number cap. At the least. Yeah. Although I will right. say that, that comics made it very easy for uh, Jonathan Kent to age up while Damian Wayne still has to age up, I, I guess, for lack of a better phrase here, a normal for normal, yeah. for all intents and purposes. Because uh, they, they put Jonathan Kent in the Legion of Superheroes, so he, like, flung himself or wound up in the future, so time kind of passed by, and he aged differently, and he, when he comes back, he's a little older. So that's hmm. all crazy and wild, but that's a whole different conversation for a whole different podcast. I <laughs> <laughs> um, believe we are up to... Uh, seven, I believe. Yes, number seven. So my number seven, now we're, uh, I'm stepping away from the comics and I'm going into the movies, but, uh, and this is another one where I'm seeing, like when I was doing research for this, a lot of love for the dark Knight, you know, the Nolan movies and Mm -hmm. what he did for the costume. I'm kind of more in the minority. I never really cared for the Nolan, uh, versions. Uh, honestly, for those that don't know, Nolan's fat suits are not going to be on my list at all. I just never really cared for him. There's something about the cowl. I've just never liked the way his head fit in the cowl in those movies, even with the redesigned one in like the dark Knight rises where it was more flexible and he was able to move around a lot more. I just, there's just, there's just something about those that just never really struck me. So for me, this movie one that I'm introducing for number seven is uh, Val Kilmer's Batman, and it's specifically the sonar suit that he wears at the end of the film when they're on their way to go face the Riddler Two-Face. It doesn't have nipples, so... Yeah, I'm going to send you the screen. Uh, You know which one I'm talking about, right? Of course I know which one you're talking about. (laughs) Batman Forever. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Batman Forever. So yeah, that one, this one just really stuck out to me because I love the fact that and I think actually, Phil, you mentioned it before in a previous episode where you're not a huge fan of like the yellow Batman symbol. And, you know, it's got its place in history and I'm kind of the same way. I don't mind the yellow logo. Oh, the yellow the... oval. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't really mind it per se, just for history's sake. But in terms of Batman, when you're trying to strike fear into someone and, you know, you want to blend in with the shadows, having a big yellow logo in the center of your chest isn't exactly going to make you blend in with the shadows so much. Right. So that's why I really liked this, uh, the sonar suit that Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne wears at the end of Batman Forever. Um, I, I believe it was the first one that did this where they took the logo and made it part of the suit. It's blending in with the suit. And yeah, I, so. I love just like the the shape of everything. I love it's it's black, but not really. It's kind of a mix of black and gray, kind of a, more of a silverish look to it, too. Mm-hmm. And he still has that gold logo, but it's on the belt instead of up on the chest. Right. And just this was the one like I know Batman Forever, the Schumacher films in general get a lot of hate, but I loved Batman Forever growing up and. I always really liked this suit. I loved the way it looked uh, when he headed to the Riddler's lair for the final act of the movie. Yeah, if there's anything that's great about those movies, it's that suit. That suit is probably the best one of of the, the suits in the movie. And yeah, it just I agree. I mean, I I really I have a lot of I had a lot of toys that were evocative of that suit specifically, mm-hmm. the sonar suit, and it's. It, you know, I would actually argue it might have influenced some of the mo- more modern designs of Batman, especially with the big old bat on his chest, but what do I, I know? agree. And personally, I like it better than uh, either of the 89, or the 89 Batman or Batman Returns suits. Well, there's a hot take if I've ever heard one. Yep. That all... I would I would prefer this over either of those. Mm, I don't know if I've ever thought about <laughs> that. Because I'm a huge fan of the Return suit, but... Then again, this suit is pretty pretty gnarly, so I don't know. I'd have to really think about that. For the record, uh, n- neither the 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 Schumacher, Keaton, nor Bale uh, suits made it on my list, so that narrows it down okay. quite a bit for you listeners, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> uh, my number seven to go completely on the opposite ass end of this conversation. <laughs> um. And I think you'll appreciate this because you're you're going to get into the story here pretty soon. Is the Batman Who Laughs drawn by Greg Pulo, okay. conceived by Scott Snyder? Now, yep. this is just if you really love Batman and you really love the Joker, and you've ever thought just once in your life, what would it be like if these two characters were blended together? Mm-hmm. What would happen? What happens with that? Is he crazy? Is he smart? Is he both? The answer is yes. The answer Mm -hmm. is this one of the most terrifying Batman villains that's ever been created. The answer is yes. (laughs) Because let 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 me tell you, Craig, I love the way the Batman who laughs looks. I love that it is Batman with the personality of the Joker. Yep. I love that that is just a twisted take on Bruce Wayne in that it is Batman's almost worst nightmare come to complete fruition and is his worst enemy as smart as he is knowing everything about him because he is him. Yep. Not only that, like his 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 initial outfit with the spikes over his face and like the the like super giant dark cloak and the 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 little robins he says crow when they go bar like Yeah. 
dude, <laughs> everything about this character just makes yep. me go, oh, you, you're something. I'm waiting yep, for the, the day old... he winds up in a movie. Not a live action uh, movie, but like an animated movie. Yeah, I remember we talked about that on the Villains episode. If they can do the Batman who laughs or just that whole storyline, if they can do that in the an Dark animated Knights. movie. Yeah. Yeah. If they could if they could do Dark Knight's metal as, you know, maybe a multi-part movie series, I would be all in. I'm just now diving into Dark Knight's metal and I'm only about halfway through the initial storyline and everything you said about the Batman who lasts, you talk about just an absolute nightmarish version of Batman. This has got to be the number one version that you can possibly think of. Like I read a story that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo did called Batman last night on earth. And it's the story where a clone of Bruce Wayne wakes up in this deserted version of Arkham by an aged Alfred. He gets one last bat suit. He climbs out of this, this Arkham, which is covered underneath sand. He hears something from a covered lantern. He dusts this lantern off. It's the head of the Joker. He goes through this massive story only to fight like the original Bruce Wayne, who's been like, uh, I think he's on like the Mobius chair or something. He's got something to do with like Darkseid's power, and like he's mm. he's like called like the Omega Bat or something like that. It's it's this pretty insane story, but I didn't think Scott Snyder could go any any like darker with a darker version of Bruce Wayne. Then he went and made that, and I was like, oh, <laughs> he brought me back to Batman comics twice in the same decade. <laughs> That is a testament to to an artist, so and a creator, and a creator and a writer. So thank you, Scott Snyder. You have reinvigorated my Batman love on more than one occasion. And I even get like just looking at the suit. The only reason why the Batman Who Laughs didn't end up on my list is because I'm just now experiencing it. Mm -hmm. So I don't have too much to go by with it. But just looking at the costume itself and the look of it, it's like he took. He's like, what if I took Batman, the Joker, and I just threw them in a blender and I added in, you know, Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies. Yes. Yes. I mean, you can definitely see the influence in there with the the kind of the leather suit that he's wearing, like those spike that spike thing that he's got across his eyes. You can totally see a Hellraiser inspiration in there. And like the the most tragic part about it is is the way he came about is like he kills the Joker, but the, then that in turn turns him into the Joker, and it's yep. like that's what kickstarts everything, and it's like yep. oh, but then that idea inevitably leads to you know well what if Batman took the Flash's power? What if Batman wound up with a Green Lantern ring? What if you mm -hmm. know there was a female version named Bryce Wayne who goes down to Atlanta? It's like so on and so forth. You'll you'll find out. As you will read. Yeah, no, as I uh as I'm reading Dark Knight's Metal, I just got to that that point where they all come through and it's just that big panel shot of all of the different uh dark Batmans, and I'm just like, Whoa boy, this is gonna be interesting. Dude, those those Dark Knights <sighs> <laughs> They're something. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I'm very excited to see where it goes. So I, I really hope as popular as this character has become in just what when was this introduced like 2016 i think it was um you know i'm honestly not too sure let me do a double take but like with how popular this character has become in the short time that he's been out 
you've got to imagine there's something in the pipeline for a a, a Dark Knight's Metal movie series or something. Okay, I so can't imagine they're not going to do something like that. His first appearance was in Dark Days: The Casting, number one, September 2017. Okay, so yeah, he's been not that for a old. Years, yeah. which is a couple years. But I would absolutely love it if they do an animated series on this. Oh, you'd have to dedicate a whole movie just to him turning into yeah. Batman Who Laughs, and I'd love yeah. that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know that general audiences would be so into, oh, Batman and the Joker? Oh, no! That's almost <laughs> as bad as him killing! Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. We, we could do an entire episode just about that whole debate about Batman killing or not. Ugh. And the, the hissy fit some fans have. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's go to number six because we're on number so, six. Yep. Number six for me is uh, from the animated series, but it is not the original animated series. I'd have to go with the costume that he wears in the new adventures of Batman. Uh-huh, so the so black the, and gray. The, yep. The later seasons, uh, the more of the black and gray version. Um I just I really liked this as much as I absolutely adore and love the original costume. I really like what they did here. You can definitely see the inspiration from the Dark Knight Returns on this costume mm-hmm. from the way the, the logo is designed. You can definitely see the inspiration there. The and I just I'm always. Yeah, the belt. I'm just always a sucker for seeing Batman in the black and gray. I just I always love seeing the black and gray combination um um i I can kind of talk about this because this it's this version it's the other one i can't talk about yet <laughs> but uh okay. to your point you know i do i do remember some people not being quite fond of the transition from you know the 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 you know the first couple seasons to new batman adventures but to your point yeah you can see the the frank miller influence there you can see uh you know i i really i i enjoy it i don't you know, I'm not neither here nor there about it. I, I, I enjoy it for what it is, but I'm not going to take a poo-poo on it in favor of the other animation. But I will say that the, you know, first three seasons are pretty, you know, quality over quantity, that's for sure. But Absolutely. But even still, like, you know, I didn't mind it. It's it's very streamlined. It's very, you know, it, they, they kind of updated a little bit for Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, which I appreciated. They, they turned it from a all black to a bluish black for his cape and cowl. Which was nice. Yep. The emblem was still like all there and whatnot. So, yeah. So yeah, not much else to say about it. Just I, I just appreciate the fact that they kind of for that redesign. I know a lot of the hate for the kind of change in the animation when they made this transition. While some did not like the design of Batman, I feel like a lot of the hate went more on the villain side. I remember there was that big debate about the Joker redesign. And I can totally see that how he kind of they went to that, like the black beady eyes Joker and just very strange take on him. And I think it's just because that first version was just so iconic. And I feel like that's kind of how it was with everything in these seasons of the show was it was a pretty drastic change from something that will probably never be topped. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, my number six is also kind of streamlined in the sense that um, 
my it, it I would say this is probably my my favorite just streamlined Batman artist overall, and that's Jim Aparo. Uh, Jim Aparo again. He drew Nightfall. He did uh, the Death in the Family, where Jason Todd. Was uh, as soon as you said Nightfall, I can already. I'm looking it up right now, but I can already picture what you're talking about. Yeah. So you know, a lot of people either. I've seen, you know, there are people who are dedicated to Neil Adams. There are people who are dedicated to Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. I'm more in, in the Jim Aparo camp. And I don't know why. I just really appreciate the way that Aparo drew Batman in his world. And, you know, that might also just be because, you know, Nightfall was one of the first books and, you know, big stories that I read. On top of Death yep. and the Family being my, my favorite story, I just, you know... When I think of like, you know, perfect streamlined Batman blue with yellow emblem on the chest mm -hmm. and the belt and, you know, the gray, like blue and gray Batman, it's it's Jim Aparo. Like, when I think blue and gray Batman, I think Jim Aparo every time. And again, to kind of go back to one of the other ones that you talked about, you know, you can definitely see Aparo the same way, a very big emphasis on the cape, making that cape a part of him whereas you know other iterations with the cape it's always just kind of it's just kind of there because it has to be there whereas this mm. here you can really tell he's trying to make this a part of batman i also really just there's the panel of bruce holding jason's body and i'll yep. I just i i never get that image out of my head because it's 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 you know it's Batman, but it's it's you know it's Batman at his at his probably one of his lowest points. In well, history. the fact like I'm looking at that same panel right now, and I love how in the art design they've blacked out his eyes. You can't see yeah. what's going on in his eyes right now. Is he you know he's his he's definitely got a sad look on his mouth, but are those eyes? Is he filled with? sorrow is he filled with anger right now and i love how they kind of just leave that up to the reader yeah and actually that's also part of the reason why i'm reading uh batman and the outsiders because that's drawn by jim aparo by jim aparo and written by mike barr and um making my way through volume one i'm gonna get volume two here pretty soon and um i'm I, i'm just a huge jim aparo fan i'm 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 sad he's no longer with us i would have loved to have meeting him and loved to have gotten some books signed but unfortunately he's no longer with us I can definitely tell as I'm scrolling through and just looking at this art, this is this is probably in terms of comics, this is the most out of everything that I read, it Aparo had to have been the one who designed who did the art because I'm looking at all of these issues, I'm looking at these panels and I'm like, I remember that, I remember that, I remember that. So this is probably the Batman that I grew up with the most when I was reading the comics back when I was younger. Yeah, he's easily, arguably, probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Batman artist. Very nice. All, All right. right, we're moving on to number fives. And this is where the part of my list no longer becomes comics-based. It becomes a little bit of everything, so video games, movies, animation. So mine, actually, my number five is actually, let me see here... Yeah, it is the last one that is for me, well, actually second to the last one for me that is uh, comic inspired. And this one, I, for the longest time, well, when we first talked about this list, there was one costume in mind 
that was just itching the back of my brain. I'm like, I know mm-hmm. there is a suit out there that is a little more obscure that I loved as a kid. And I started hunting for it and I finally found it yesterday. So this suit, I'm going to send you the clip right now is, um, just one that always stuck out to me as a little kid is uh, from the 1991 comic Batman versus Predator, mm. uh, kind of an offshoot, and it is more of a kind of a power armor type situation. Oh wow, yeah. And I just remember because I remember getting this comic because I loved the Predator and Alien movies growing up, and I remember hearing that, oh, there's going to be a comic where Batman's going to fight the Predator. And I'm like, how is Batman going to survive a fight with the Predator? And long story short, when he first fights the Predator, he gets his ass kicked. Right. And he decides to, uh, you know, do what he does best as Batman, does his research, starts figuring things out more and more, and he comes up with this power suit to battle the predator in and i just my god i remember this sticking out to me as a kid this, this, and this is one of the most beautiful suits i've ever seen and i've been right? reading and watching batman for close to 30 years and i've never seen this before this is astonishing yeah like after as soon as i saw this i when i finally found it and i was like yes this is the suit i that's been racking my brain ever since we discussed this episode when I finally found it and I looked at it, I'm like, I love everything about this suit. I'm surprised it's not your number one. Yeah, it came close, honestly. it. I think the only reason why I didn't put it higher is just because it it just didn't quite stick out as much for me. But I just, I was so happy to finally find this and this clip that I sent you just, uh, I loved everything about it. Because it really is, it's it's like they took the Dark Knight Returns power suit and just kind of made it a little bit sleeker, made it just a little bit more agile, and so that he could go toe to toe with the Predator. That literally beats the shit out of my choice, no questions asked. Because <laughs> <laughs> my my number my number my number five is Batman from Batman Arkham City. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's a great one. I know because it's just you know it's it's very again like a little little like the animated series a little bit like uh, a Paro. It's just very streamlined. But I think again you know when you think about like video game Batman and think about like where video games were at the time and it's like that game was just such a great game, but it was also a really great Batman game in that it looked like and felt like Batman's world and Batman legitimately like looked like a a realistic take on Batman and so did his world to some extent but there was still some very fantastical supernatural elements to it too Mm -hmm. yeah I loved I loved that they they didn't waste our time with the Batman Arkham games there was no need for an origin story they they very much made that game and they're like we know that the people that are going to play this are people who like Batman, so we don't have to introduce anything. We're just going to throw you into the world. It's a it's a realized world, and you can just experience it as you play. Yes, absolutely. And that goes for the first two games, I think, because once you start talking about Arkham Origins and Arkham Knight, and you know, even with Gotham Knights upcoming, it's like, oh, well, the novelty might have worn off. But I think at the time, yeah. you know, for what they were, like especially Arkham Asylum, that that game you know it really did a, a number of things for batman 
in terms of taking it seriously. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people like to like to say that the, the warehouse sequence in Batman vs. Superman was heavily inspired by or heavily looked at by the, the Arkham games. Recently, the, the, the stunt coordinator, Damon Caro from BBS and Zack Snyder's Justice League, as well as a lot of other uh, Zack Snyder films, he was like, nope, entirely coincidental that they happen to do <laughs> things almost near perfectly. So that, I think, is just a testament to your stunt teams, both in the video game world and in Hollywood. But yeah. Even even still, like you know that going back to just Arkham City, like that game specifically is like it's not quite Batman's Last Tale, but it's not quite. It's uh, the best way I can say it. it's just a really solid Batman story and a really great video game. But also that look of Batman is not only you know interchangeable with a bunch of different costumes, so you could literally play mm-hmm. the game whatever story way you want. It just, you know, that I really just like the way his suit looked. I like the way that the bat kind of came out in a, it was all black and his cowl was blue and his belt like looked, you know, stacked and full. Like it was not quite busy, but it was full enough to where you could see he he's, you know, he keeps a belt full of things, useful things, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking, I've got my Batman Arkham City statue sitting right here. And I mean, everything you said just totally rings true. And I'm usually more of a fan. I like the Batman costumes that have the shorter ears on them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for the Arkham games, that the longer ears totally work for it. It totally makes that costume. I agree. I think the longer ears do work better for uh, for Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. So, yeah, those are our number fives. And Craig's totally beat the crap out of mine and i'm using it in the show <laughs> art absolutely yeah, gonna throw I, that actually, in, like, in like a panel after i found that i've decided i'm gonna try to go on the hunt and try to track down that 91 batman versus predator comic yeah if you because... do double up and buy me a copy and send it to me please absolutely <laughs> okay yeah number fours we're, we're wow Right so number four for me uh, is another power armor, and it's kind of the one that everybody knows. It's the Dark Knight Returns power armor from when he battled Superman. Oh, good. But, uh, so is mine. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, so for me, but mine, instead of the comic version, is the animated movie version. Um, and I mean, they are kind of interchangeable, because it really is. That animated movie, it, they did such a good job transitioning that graphic novel to animation Mm -hmm. i loved everything about the design and that it's just like as much as i want to someday see a dark knight returns live action version i am so satisfied with the animated dark knight returns part one and part two that if we never get it i am totally happy with the animated version i love everything about the dark knight returns animated yeah i have nothing bad to say or even like anything negative to add i mean the dark knight returns armored suit is uh, you know i remember reading that book for the first time and seeing that suit like seeing it drawn is one thing and then seeing seeing it used in the movie and like hearing peter weller like deliver those lines and just yep it is just a feat in of itself and i it is easily one of my one of my favorite uh one of my favorite suits for batman because it's just again like you know he he specifically designed this suit to fight superman yep Along with the kryptonite arrow, but that's besides the point. <laughs> and nuclear fallout. <laughs> that's true. That and was, nuclear that, fallout. That was 
that one wasn't so much his fault, but he definitely used it to his advantage. Busted shoulder and also dealing with like internal stab wound. Yeah. So he was he wasn't even like at you know full fledged grizzled dark knight capacity. Yeah, and the only reason why this power armor was above my Batman versus Predator power armor is just because of how iconic it is. The fact that I can understand that. Yeah, we always wanted to see throughout the years Batman fight Superman. And this costume is what we finally got to see. We finally got to see them go toe to toe. And it's just, uh, I love everything about it. I think Zack Snyder got pretty close. He came very close. He got really close. Yeah, he, did, he didn't. I thought he did a great job. He got really close. And I think he did that fight a lot of modern justice, as much modern justice as you could without outright doing that story like in full. Yeah. So, yeah. I do like his spin on that fight, and I do like how faithful he was in terms of making that suit come to life, too. Yep. There are some distinct differences, but I, I do appreciate the way he adapted that. And hey, he did the white lights for the eyes. So, yep. That was always pretty BA. Uh, all right. Moving on to number three. Uh, I can give my number three because we can kind of circle back to it. Uh, you mentioned earlier that your uh, number six was the new Batman Adventures suit. My number three yeah. is the, you know, ever iconic Batman the Animated Series suit. Yep. Which... 100. I mean, got to agree with that. It's just, again, it, the only reason why I didn't choose it was because I just, I love the black and gray too much. But this suit is just, I mean, there's there's no words to describe how great this suit is. I mean, you know, I know I give a lot of shit to the, uh, the yellow oval, but I will say <laughs> like that it, it works. It, it looks best on that show like it looks best on mm -hmm. the, on bruce tim's batman and, and that that show just has a genuine fluidity to it it looks fantastic it looks timeless i mean that's why that show is still popular today that's why it's getting a spiritual successor called batman the cape crusader like yep. that look of batman is just you know when i am I, I i would imagine that a lot of batman fans more often than not when they when they, one of their first thoughts of batman when they think of batman more often than not a flash of Kevin Conroy's, Bruce Timm's, Paul Dini's animated Bruce, the Batman the Animated Series Batman at some point flashes through your head. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, every I mean it was one of my first experiences with Batman outside of the comics growing up as a kid was the animated series and I mean that's just something that's just never going to leave my mind and uh, I told Phil this uh and he mentioned it earlier in the episode that I've decided I'm going to go back and just rewatch every episode of the animated series just because that series, it just it stands out among so many other forms of media out there that it absolutely deserves all the praise that it gets from the music to the animation, the voice acting. Everything about that show is great. And that costume is 100 percent one of the main reasons why that show works so well. I think we were even just like, you know, our favorite moment from Mask of the Phantasm is when Alfred sees him put the suit on for the first time. Yep. That, that, that reaction is just, it's, it's warranted for a reason. My God. Right. Exactly. What is your number three? So my number three is a Batfleck, uh, the Batman v Superman costume. Um, just for me, it's, as close as we can get to the Dark Knight Returns costume in live action. And I I fell in love with that suit from the moment I saw the first clip of it 
uh, when the first teaser trailer came out and we only saw kind of the cow, I was like, ooh, okay. You got me intrigued because that kind of looks like the Dark Knight Returns Batman. And then when the full first, what was it? The first teaser trailer was only like, what, a minute long. You only like saw Bruce minutes, staring at, yeah, you only saw him staring at the suit. And then in the next teaser trailer, when you finally see him in the suit, I just remember going, yes, I am 100% on board with this. And I was so excited to see it. And that suit lived up to every expectation I had. I'm not quite ready to talk about that suit yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That works. And uh, like you said, the warehouse scene too. I mean, I, I love that scene. That that is just everything that I had hoped to see Batman do for a long time, and I feel like too it's kind of a, um, you know, this Batman. Uh, for those that aren't too familiar, if or if you haven't seen Batman v Superman, this is a very much disgruntled Bruce Wayne. He witnessed everything that happened in the movie Man of Steel, so he saw Superman battling Zod and all the destruction they caused. Turns out Bruce was actually there when the fight was occurring. So he actually, yep. He saw, um, there was, if I remember right, there was a Wayne building there, right? His building was the building they landed in. It was the building that, that, that Zod landed in and torch with his heat vision for the first time. It was Wayne financial. That's right. And And just that, that shot of Bruce running into the rubble, that, that shot gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. I'll just say right now that I remember waking up, the following morning after that the previous night in may in which that movie was starting to begin shooting and mm-hmm. Zack snyder had shared a picture of like the, the ass end of the batmobile with a tarp over it he said could the reveal be dot 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 tomorrow and i remember like it was during the it was like 2014 so i was on my break and i didn't have work that day so I was just sitting in front of my computer, munching on a sandwich and refreshing the page constantly, just like (laughs) waiting for something to happen, right? And sure enough, at like 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, like there's Ben Affleck in the Batsuit next to the Batmobile, and I'm just like, that's Batman. (laughs) Like just just absolutely beside myself. I was like, that's that's Batman. I didn't need any dialogue. I didn't need to like hear his voice. I didn't need to see how he moved. It was just one image, and I was like, that's Batman. And that is the first time, in, at least in my recent adult history, where, you know, I, I had that I had that revelation. Now, granted, when I saw the teaser for The Batman, I was like, oh, cool. There's Pattinson and Batson. Yeah, he does look like Batman. But it wasn't quite the same, like, no, that's Batman it reaction, yep. you know. But I'll, I'll get more to Affleck's suit <laughs> a little bit later. All right. Yeah, sounds good. What about your number two? Number two is Batman Beyond, the suit from... Get out of my mind. Get out of my (laughs) mind, because that's my number two. (laughs) There we go. Like Terry McGinnis, right? Right? Yep, Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond. Yep. Uh, So Batman Beyond, for again, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, the, the, I guess you would say the spiritual sequel to the Batman animated series, because it does take place in the same universe. Direct. Uh, yeah, direct, I guess you would say. Yeah, not spiritual. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, set in the future, and Terry McGinnis is a teenager who uh, finds out that Bruce Wayne is Batman, 
and he decides he wants to uh, take up the mantle. And Batman has this fancy new suit for this new age. And I have loved this suit. I remember I woke up early for the premiere episode of this Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. And I have loved this suit ever since. I love everything about this suit. Um, You know how sleek it is. The fact that it doesn't have a cape, which I remember back in the day, people were so angry. Oh my God, how can you have a Batman suit without a cape? Right. But this is the way, this is the way to do it. If you're going to have a Batman suit without a cape, this is exactly how you do it. Just give him red wings. <laughs> yep. And I love the red and black. That red and black combination is fantastic. I love how the red logo, instead of just being, you know, a centerpiece logo, just takes up the whole chest. Yes. I love it. I love everything about it. I can't disagree. I mean, that show premiered right around, I want to say, like my 1999. So I was probably yep. around seven or eight, something like that. Cause I was born in 92. So it's probably around seven years old. It premiered right around my seventh birthday. And I just remember, you know, it, it obviously, you know, the animation was very reminiscent of the animated series, especially, you know, the, the, the new Batman adventures. So, Right away, mm-hmm. I was pretty keen on the fact that it was a, a you know a sequel series to to what I'd been watching you know in my younger years, for lack of a better phrase. There, um, so when I had seen the the first two episodes, you know the pilot rebirth and like you know how that whole episode transpires. I mean, it, part of it's in the intro for the show for a reason. The, like th- that suit is just too badass not to talk about. It's jet yep. black red emblem his suit can turn him invisible he gets like a 10 to 15 percent strength and speed increase yep come on and on top of that he's got bruce wayne chilling in the bat cave telling him exactly (laughs) what to do the entire time and then you know of course if you're if you're really a committed batman beyond fan then you all know and you're very well aware that that you come to find out that terry mcginnis is in fact the the biological son of bruce wayne and i say biological because amanda waller engineered (laughs) it Yep. So it does all come full circle to some extent, but even still, like just just on the merits of that suit, the way like the batter rings came out of his wrist, the way he flew yep, around. I love that, dude. A- oh man, I love that they incorporated Ace the Bat Hound. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it when when he would take Ace with him. Oh man, yep. and that Batmobile, that Batmobile is still so badass. Yeah, probably but, one of the best Batmobiles ever. I miss having that toy. I used to have that Batmobile as a toy, and I don't want that anymore. <laughs> oh, sad times, sad times. But yes, Batman Beyond, that is our number twos. <laughs> and actually, I just looked it up. Uh, Batman Beyond premiere day, first episode was January 10th, 1999. So it was a, like a good week before my birthday. Yep. And that's, uh, that's my goal, too, is once I'm done with my uh, complete watching uh, Batman animated series, I'm just going to jump right into Batman Beyond. Because there was a large chunk of that show that I did not see. I watched a lot of it, but I know for a fact, there's, I know for sure there are episodes that I never saw of Batman Beyond. You know, I think, yeah, actually, I, I own the entire series. I know I've seen it in full. So it's just a matter of time. It's been, I haven't seen it in full since I bought it. And that was, you know, a good two, three years ago when they released on Blu-ray. So I'm probably going yeah. to revisit it at some point. Um. But yeah, I'm excited to revisit Batman the Animated Series and talk about it on the show. That'll give us something to do towards the tail end of our episodes. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I guess we're here. We're at number ones. Um, yep. I, I guess I will go first and talk about yeah, mine now because it. it's uh, it is Ben Affleck's Batman, but it's more specific. It's it's Ben Affleck's Nightmare Batman out attire. You know, I kind of had a feeling that was going to be it because I, I remember how much you praised that when that when we saw that for the first time. I mean, it's it's I love it a lot because it's it's something that was so unexpected and something I never thought I could like find an affection for until it was presented to me. And then yep. I really started to think about it and it really does take like Batman and a lot of things that I love about like post-apocalyptic, you know, worlds like Mad Max and like, uh-huh. uh, what's another one I could think of? Um, Mad Max is really the only one that really kind of comes to mind, but you know, like, you know, post-apocalyptic wasteland, like Borderlands-y type of uh, storytelling. And I can appreciate that in that what, Zack Snyder was trying to do with Darkseid, the evil Superman after losing Lois Lane mm-hmm. and having the world become this desolate desert. And, you know, if, if you're if you're pretty keen on that stuff and you've read the storyboards, you know, he's going to have like some like nightmare esque inspired Batmobile. And I'm just like, well, if you're going to show me the Dark Knight Returns tank <laughs> at the end of Zack Snyder's Justice League, then I have a reasonable yeah. imagination to believe that some of that nightmare Batmobile might look something like that. But I don't mm-hmm. know. Honestly, looking at I'm looking at a, a screenshot of the suit right now, and with that trench coat and everything, it yep. actually makes me think of um, that Denzel Washington movie, The Book of Eli. Yeah, that too. That that kind of post-apocalyptic, like I like I love the jacket on it. I love how he's got like these almost like commando style khakis yeah. over the bat suit legs. Well, because it's like you know at that point does the world really does it really matter if the world knows if he's bruce wayne or batman yeah exactly and i also like the touch of the joker card on his on his assault rifle yeah and even like the goggles sitting on the top of the head i just really it it gives that kind of mad max feel to it there's a really nice parallel from um that moment in batman versus superman where bruce walks out of the compound in the dream sequence and he puts the glasses up and he sees the omega symbol and then the the the, the zimmer and junkie score chimes in with the loud mm-hmm. the loud drums um and then in the very beginning of Zack snyder's justice league when bruce is traversing iceland on on horseback and he finally arrives at the village he lifts his goggles up and looks down and it's literally like an opposite parallel view of what transpired in that in that sequence i just mentioned in bvs except you know it's all white it's full of life bruce has near similar goggles on top of his head and like i don't know i i just really like a bruce a batman more specifically goggles a trench coat like just a dirty batman that's just ready to just whoop ass at any given point in time like i'm totally just down for that yep yeah, that is a great pick. I, I remember loving this. Just everything from the little details, like you said, the Joker card on the assault rifle. And it was so refreshing, again, to see it come back in uh, the Snyder Cut at the end. Yeah. I was so happy that they stuck with that design instead of like trying to change it in any kind of way. I'm glad that they just stuck with the Nightmare suit for that uh, that particular scene at the end of the Snyder Cut. Well, he wanted to do like a whole movie set in that world to some extent, like, uh, you know, a majority of a movie set in that world, if I'm not mistaken. 
would have been amazing if he had been able to do that. Yeah, the general gist of it, I think, would have been um, Batman, Joker, Mara, Cyborg, Flash, uh, Deathstroke, Deadshot, a couple other characters taking a mother box from a tower. And once they get the mother box, once they activate it and Barry gets on a cosmic treadmill, Superman comes. But it's in that moment that Barry travels back in time and warns everyone and things change. And then Bruce saves Lois Lane in the Batcave from Darkseid and they all fight and end Darkseid's war, but Batman dies, blah, 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 blah. You all know what I'm talking about if you're very <laughs> aware of that situation. But you're right. Like, I, I, I really do love that aesthetic of Batman. Ben Affleck's like my favorite live action Batman. I've made no bones about that, but just because that's the case, that doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy Robert Pattinson's Batman whooping ass yep. in March. Cause that movie yep. looks freaking amazing. The fact that we know now that, you know, multiple sources are saying this is much more of a like horror themed Batman film has me just all kinds of giddy. Oh, I yeah. can't wait to see if that ends up, if I, uh, the fact that they're going to take the Riddler and make him like this almost jigsaw style serial killer. Okay. I am totally down for that. I mean, if you look at the teaser trailer they've shown, that's been played by thousands of different people over the last year. Yeah. It like just the tone of that trailer and the vibe that Riddler gives is yeah. Very jigsaw to some extent. We haven't even gotten to your number one yet. I'm curious what your number yep. one is. <laughs> So my number one is uh, actually just fairly recently I decided to make this my number one. Just again, I'm a sucker for the black and gray, and I feel like this version really just encapsulates it for me in comic form uh, because I'm going back and reading everything I've missed. And it's the uh, the Greg Capullo uh, Batman. Oh, okay. I I really love this costume. I just I the way that it's you know the black and gray again, just a sucker for it. But he keeps the the kind of the gold utility belt, but it still has, you know, some black on there, too. And I like that he took the logo, kind of the same things that I loved about the Batman Beyond logo, how the logo takes up a majority of the upper chest. Same thing that Capullo did with his. But instead of just straight black, he gives it that gold trim on the edges, too. Mm -hmm. So almost paying homage to those costumes that had the gold in there on the logo. So I, I just really like how he blended that all together. And I just, I really feel like this is in, in terms of comic book forms of Batman, this is probably the closest to perfect style Batman costume I've ever wanted. Let me ask you a question. Do you still play animal crossing? Yeah. Okay. So I decided to make a, uh, a long sleeve shirt based on that design. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love I love doing that in Animal Crossing. I love making uh, superhero shirts and designs, just because it's I just f have fun with it. Like uh, yeah, I've seen people do uh, the Man of Steel Superman. I've seen I've done uh, Flash, Shazam, Aquaman, um, a couple different Batman ones, a Riddler one. I'll I'll send you a picture when I get them. But yeah, when I when I think of when I think of like. Batman, like modern Batman and comics. I mean, I could definitely think of uh, Jorge Jimenez because I've been reading that with with uh, the current Batman run. But I will say, like Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder, they brought me back into like you know monthly, weekly, bi-week, whatever phrase you want to call it. Just you know monthly reading of comics. Like they they that yeah. duo right there was like a a huge selling point for me. 
Yeah, and I liked how I liked how with the Capullo version, it is a much more slimmed down. I feel Batman suit. Well, he was much more much more form fitting. He was an image artist, and he did a lot of Spawn books before he did Batman. Oh, I can definitely see that inspiration. Then, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, he's he's ever since he's been on Batman, dude. He's just been knocking it out of the park left and right, no matter what he does. Greg Capullo is hands down one you know like jim aparo greg Capullo is, a, is you know one of my favorite artists i would love to meet him one day i know he's still obviously he's still around but just everything that he's done with batman dude like death metal dark knight's mm-hmm. metal you know mr bloom the death of the family the court of owls like scott snyder and greg Capullo have done so much just great great things with for with and for batman over the last you know decade that they they worked on the character and i'm so glad that they that they they became a dynamic duo in their own right and they they have kind of carved out their own definitive kind of batman in a way and that that suit to your point really kind of shows it yeah and i'm actually uh it's funny that you mentioned like you know court of owls and all that because i have my gigantic uh batman graphic novel collection here that i ordered uh after our first episode uh, it's got, what is it, issues one through, I think, 33. Mm-hmm. And it includes a couple of, like, the compilations. Mm-hmm. And I know that it said in the description when I ordered it that it covers the Court of Owls storyline, the Death in the Family storyline. So I'm very, very, I'm right now I'm just about getting towards the end, I, I at least I think of the court of owls storyline and it has been very as someone who has never experienced it before it's very interesting to just go through this and just experience it for the first time yeah i did a little bit of collecting during the court of owls when in 2011 2012 2013 when that one of those stories were going on um and then i eventually kind of waited and now i've got up to volume four or five and that's secret city dark city and that kind of goes back to uh Batman's earlier days, and he's t- he's going after the Riddler. So when you get done with Death in the Family, that's that's what ha- that's what happens next. He gets they take you back, and they you get to see like the origins of the Red Hood gang. You get to see uh, the the Riddler. Um, yeah, that's about all I'll say about that. And then it gets really interesting after that. Yeah, actually, so I'm actually looking at. I mean, this thing is. I had no idea it was going to be this big when I ordered it. Mm-hmm. Like I knew. I mean, I was like, okay, I'm spending seventy bucks on a graphic novel collection so i'm assuming it's going to be decent size but this thing is a hardcover beast and it's got let's see this first uh the first of two omnibus collections this volume collects batman's number zero through 33 23.2 and batman Mm. annual number one and batman annual number two oh you know what? 23.2, I bet you anything might be a villain issue. Because um, right around that time, they were doing like a 23, 24.1, whatever. And they were swapping out with like villain-centric single-issue stories. Oh, okay. It might be that, but I'm not 100%. Yeah, it says uh, this omnibus in this first of two omnibus collections claim storyteller Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo introduced the Cape Crusader to the Court of Owls terrorize the whole Bat family with the Joker's faceless return and death of the family and retell Batman's origin for a new generation during the pivotal, uh, pivotal zero year. Yep. Zero year. That is what I'm going to be currently reading over the next probably couple days. 
And meanwhile, I am making my way through Batman and the Outsiders. I also have um, Nightwing Volume 2, 3, and 4 to get through. And I have to go pick up my stack on Thursday, which will have Batman 112, because I'm nice. on that. But that is our list. Our number ones are Nightmare Batman, Ben Affleck Batman, and Greg Capullo's Batman. I gotta say, that was a really sauce list between the two of us. I can't wait to yeah, that was, yeah. get back together again. It's gonna be fun Ooh, for Batman man. Day. We're gonna have a lot of fun for that. And speaking of uh, when we were talking about Batman versus Predator, while we were doing this, I decided to look and see, you know, how much could uh, this go for? Yowza. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Batman. Batman versus Predator, the collected edition. I could get this. It's a uh, paperback. Uh-huh. Says it contains all of it. That's eighty bucks. Oh wow. Um, that and there's only one left according to this listing. Oh, that's a penny. And that's... then this other one that they've got. This says it has the complete collection of the bat of all Batman versus Predator editions, and this is going for hundred and forty six dollars and seventy cents. Oof. All right. Well, I'm going to have to do some uh, hunting to see if I can find something a little more affordable. Yeah, because I'm not doing that. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun talking about. It's been a lot of fun talking about our favorite Batman suits, costumes, designs, artists, yep. if you will, over the years. Over, you know, just, you know, genuine top ten. Can't wait to do more. Uh, you know, we, we can, I also can't wait to talk about Batman Year One, The Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. I'm sure DC Fandom is probably going to have a new trailer for The Batman, so I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah, I was reading a new trailer for The Batman, a reveal of um, something about a Christmas, like a Christmas special that's going to be on HBO Max. I remember reading about this, Little Batman, something like that. Yeah, Merry Little Merry Little Batman. Merry Little Batman. It. There we go. And uh, and then supposedly what I'm uh, I mean I'm of course excited for the trailer the new trailer for the Batman, but uh, supposedly the first trailer for the third season of Harley Quinn, which I am all about because I absolutely love that show. I'm kind of tempted to talk about that show on here because it is kind of Batman adjacent, but not quite mm-hmm. all the way Batman. But I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Oh, it says uh, Merry Little Batman will be set in the Batman universe and it will be following Damian Wayne instead of Bruce Wayne. I do remember reading that. Animated movie. That story, not that I've actually, like, you know, read. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Tell the story of a six-year-old Damian Wayne who finds himself alone in Wayne Manor where he must transform into Little Batman so he can defend his home as well as Gotham City from those wishing to do harm. So it sounds like maybe uh, Wayne Manor gets invaded, and it kind of sounds like they're going to take, like, Home Alone. Kind of sounds like a Home Alone spin on Batman, Batman, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Damian Wayne would be the perfect one to do that with, too. So. Interesting, and it's directed by Mike Roth, the creator of Regular Show. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that That's something. <laughs> yeah, that I'm very curious now what the animation style is going to be like then well Mm. i'm sure we'll probably talk about it when we cross that bridge yeah more than anything 
Craig, I mean, we'll my definitely dude. Have, probably have a fandom episode for sure. Oh, I'm, I'm no doubt. There's no doubt. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be so busy that day. I can already tell. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was uh, top ten Batman outfits, costumes, suits, bat suits. I will figure the title out, and when you guys see it, you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, my guy, dude, you are just one of the best co-hosts I've had, and thank you so much for joining me to talk about Batman whenever, whenever. Absolutely. Anytime. It's always a blast, my guy. Where can people find you on the socials if they wish to follow you along? Uh, social for now, you can find me on Instagram at Craigie Omega, C-R-A-I-G-G-Y-O-M-E-G-A. But uh, pretty much planning on doing a Twitter here very soon, just uh, to kind of integrate myself again into the followings of everything going on. I mean, there's so much happening in the world of entertainment right now with the pandemic still kind of trucking along as it is. So, you know, any kind of chance I can to escape kind of the real world and look into what's going on in the realms of comics, movies, TV shows, that's always where I'm going to go. My advice to you right now is just stick to Batman. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Craig has an Instagram, as he's mentioned plenty of times in the last four episodes that we've done this. He's going to make a Twitter yeah. account if he ever gets around to it, but I'm not going to hold him against yeah. it because Twitter is <laughs> a terrible place. It is. Even though I'm there almost <laughs> exclusively almost every single day. I don't know why, but I torture myself like that, but I do. But if y'all want to follow me, you can follow me again on uh, Instagram as well as Vero and Twitter with the tag unfiltered. And, you know, even before we started recording, I mentioned to Craig because he was busy taking care of some personal business as he came back on. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, I made an Instagram for the podcast <laughs> just because I was bored. So if anyone really wants to, we're, I'm going to start posting episodes here pretty soon. I've already got the first episode linked up there. But if y'all want to follow along on the podcast, you can just follow along T-E-K underscore podcast. That's, again, just at T-E-K underscore podcast. That's also on Twitter and Instagram now. So there's a Twitter page and now an Instagram page. So cool. Happy days. Awesome. Which is interesting because I have I have two other podcasts and one I've been doing for like 100 episodes. I still haven't made an Instagram page for it just because I never felt like <laughs> it. But now I'm like, oh, maybe I should. <laughs> but everyone, thank you so much on behalf of Craig and I. As always, stay safe, uh, wear your mask, and tell your friends about us we'd really appreciate it if y'all want to interact with the show just again at tek underscore podcast on twitter and instagram you can also email us uh eternal night pod at gmail.com review questions comments anything you can also leave us a review on apple podcast itunes whichever your preference is really helps the show get noticed thanks again guys stay safe take it easy have a great day or night take care everyone vengeance
you're becoming quite a celebrity. Why is he writing to you? If you are justice, please do not lie. What is the price for your blind eye? The hell are you supposed to be? Thank you for listening to The Eternal Night. This podcast is not affiliated with Warner Media or DC Entertainment. All thoughts shared belong to those involved and not the companies they happen to work for or be talking about. Drop us an email at eternalnightpod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at T-E-K underscore podcast. Thank you. <laughs>